This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. Oh, 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 and a bottle of scotch. It's another Jolly AF Christmas special with Ann Friends. That's right. We celebrate the Christmas time the way you celebrate the Christmas time yelling at each other. Like family. Join us this blessed Yule as we celebrate our Jolly AF non-denominational holiday Christmas special. Listen to Ann Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We're going to kick Frosty the Snowman in the nuts. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. You, you may not know the name of this week's guest, Eric Fellows, but you've, you've, you've probably seen him. He's an actor who has been a regular in some of the uh, the big soap operas. He was in Days of Our Lives, The Bay on Amazon Prime, which is one of my wife's favorites, and just tons of other TV shows and movies, many of which we'll get into today. But the thing that really jumped off your resume to Dave and I, Eric, is... Uh, it's our common background. Like us, you originally broke into the business as a model. And, and like okay. us, you're ridiculously good looking and chiseled. And, you know, and after a while, I'm sure you're going to get to this point, Derek. We're a few years older than you. But after a while, it gets a little old. People people to treat you like a piece of meat. You just got to yeah, say yeah. that. My eyes are up here, honey. My eyes are up yeah, here. Yeah, you're right. right. I'm a person. <laughs> I'm not just a piece of meat for you. I've got feelings, Eric. Right? You understand what that's like, right? Yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, you, we have personalities, too. It's not, it's not just about all of that. You know? Exactly. We, exactly. We have, a, we have a heart and feelings, and we, you know, we 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 have emotions. So if, if you cut like me, do I not bleed? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We do, all bleed. Do I not have needs and wants just like you? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's great. Well, so, so how did you make okay. the, how did you make the transition from model to actor? Tell us all about you, you, you stunningly good-looking guy. Tell us uh, oh, man, how you is, did this that. Is too, this is too early for all these compliments. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're gonna make it through the morning. Uh, well, that's a, okay. I make the transition. Well, let's see. Uh, well, initially, I well, honestly never even really wasn't like a, modeling was like a set-out goal for my life. I grew up in Maryland. And we thought about, I, um, I actually played sports majority of my childhood. I played basketball and I high school basketball and my goal was to play basketball. My, that was my lifelong dream to be honest. Like I really thought I was gonna make it to the NBA, even though I just didn't get past five for 10. So that's unfortunate, <laughs> uh, which is even crazy for modeling. I got fortunate being a model being at that height. So I basically in high school, I was, um, I had a couple of scouts I mean, I was my friend played in Greece and his age was showing me yeah. over to Italy because I'm half Italian. So I have family there. So I was able to make the transition and go do that. But I got injured my senior year and I, I tore my ankle. So it kind of diverted my, um, I, to this day, a little bit regret not doing it, but they say, you know, not to regret things in life. So I had to move forward. So basically I, uh, the story, I mean, the short end of the story, I was I was at an ex-girlfriend's house in 
she was babysitting. The, the mom picked up the kid and asked me, uh, I guess the kid did um, some modeling and commercials and he would travel a bunch to New York, but I didn't really know what he really did, but he was like a little Tommy Hilfiger model. So the mom asked me if I never thought about modeling. And again, it wasn't something that I ever thought about it. And I was like, uh, no. And she's like, well, you know, I could introduce you to his agent. They do adults as well. And they were based in Georgetown, DC. So I said, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life at that particular point. So basically I said, okay, I'll take the meeting. And one thing led to another, they signed me and then I ended up doing local modeling and commercials in DC in Baltimore. And then I met uh, a friend of mine. He's a long life friend now. Her name's uh, Allie who had been modeling since she was in her early teens. And she knew a lot more about it than I did. She had traveled the world. So she, if you're going to continue to do this, we need to, we need to go to New York. So we went to New York. We actually took the train up to New York. I met with agencies. Next thing I know, I signed with a small agency at first because I was kept getting the the excuse that, oh, your height or you're too commercial looking and blah, 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 this, that, the other. And I was just like, You're okay, too good looking, <laughs> Eric. Yeah. We're looking I, I don't for know someone. No, there's, not there, quite there's that definitely good a lot looking. of different... <laughs> I was like, I wish that's what they were saying. Uh, so no, but I went anyway. So I moved up there. Um, for the first 10 months, well, no, I'd say eight months, grinded hard. I was trying to get like with a bigger agency. And finally, I, I kept getting the same thing from most of the agencies. And then I ended up meeting a, a, a stylist, a fashion stylist who ended, I went to a casting and he was doing a casting for the editorial. And he goes, we need to change your look up a bit. So he literally, not even joking, took out clippers and shaved my head. <laughs> wow. This is a true story. Yeah. Actually, I'll just put his name out. His name, his name is Nole Moran. He used to be a judge on America's Top Model. And wow. um, so anyway, he shaved my head. He sent me back to all the same agencies that turned me down. And every single one of them acted like they never met me before. <laughs> well, I ended up well, signing you know with an agency called Karen, Karen Models back in the day. And that's how it started. And then... They and the whole and that's how it trans the acting thing basically transitioned to everyone's like well you gotta seem more than a model you have an actual personality quote unquote <laughs> and I said well yeah I could speak <laughs> and they're like let me start sending me around and I got signed to the theatrical innovative artists in New York and then September September 11th happened I ended up moving to Los Angeles so that's kind of how it started that's like the, the short end of it there's obviously a lot that goes in between it sure sure but that's it was well, not know, something I wanted to do I just fell into it kind of. Well, you've got oh, a, a, a new movie out, uh, which is available on the streaming services called Break Even. And, yes. and, the, and the movie's <laughs> about four adventurous friends who find $50 million in cash at a remote island, only discover it was left by DEA for the cartel in a rogue deal. Now, you know what yes. I hear when that plot is described? I only hear one word, and that is the word island. Uh, because I have been in my house for eight months now and not been able to leave. Did you go to an island to film that there? Well, yeah. I mean, it's set the, ba the, the way they're basing it out, out of somewhere off the Gulf. But the thing is, yeah, we shot actually in Catalina. Okay. Which is no, no, it's not too shabby. I mean, yeah. I, I actually know. I went to Catalina once years ago when I first moved to L.A., but it's been so many years. So this was the first time that I've been back in probably – 18 years and uh we went to catalina to film our first week and a half we started in catalina we went across we took a yacht across 
And we shot. We shot on the way over, and then we spent a week and a half in, in Catalina, and then shot mostly around Los Angeles area, and then went back to finish the shoot in Catalina again. So, the island was the island of Catalina. Nice. Well, you know that's where the Cubs yeah, used to have their spring training games. Yep. 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 So yeah. it was gorgeous, man. We actually the water was a bit, a bit on the cold side. Not gonna lie, because when we started shooting it, it was uh, I think we started shooting in February or March of. Uh, 19 so it was cold the water was like 52 degrees so i'm not gonna lie about that that was cold <laughs> and there's but underwater had, scenes are you did you have to do any of those well this in the actual movie they've taken out some of the stuff i mean and you, when you when you get a chance to watch the film um there's like behind the scenes footage and then bonus coverage of the dvd that people could actually uh, see some of the stuff that they took out but yeah we were in the water I didn't do any of the actual diving, but I had all the gear on and all that stuff, which was the first time in my life that I've ever put that much gear on. So I definitely um, panicked. I'm not gonna lie; it was the first time I was. We were about to, like, you know, kind of roll off the side of the boat to go into the dive, and Brent, my co-star, Brent Bailey, who plays Sebastian, he's certified. I'm clearly not, and I literally. <laughs> they said they've never seen anyone roll into the water and come up so fast because they thought they were going to drown than me. <laughs> it, was, it was almost slightly embarrassing. So um, they, so uh, Shane uh, Stanley, the director, he actually body doubled for me and did the diving stuff. But in the actual film, they don't show going down. Um, and I think it's because of just the, the edit and the cut, the flow of the film, it just worked better. With what they, they finally, you know, the final cut, they ended up using it. Gotcha. The, the faster pace, not showing going down so much. But um, in the trailer, you can see that them down there, uh, you know, retrieving what we find. But, yeah, I didn't do any time, but I was in that water for about six hours, dude. I'm not going to lie. It was cold. And, but they didn't even use it. And I'm like, guys, come on. You gotta use, use some. They, did use, they did use us in the water throwing the uh, the money up. Well, I'm not giving it too much away, uh -oh. but it obviously says we find fifty million dollars. But uh -oh, you guys know yeah. that we find fifty million. Right. Yes. Right. 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 So we think it's drugs at first, but it's not. It's actually wads of like just bundles of cash, lots and lots and lots of cash. Okay. So yeah, yeah it's cool. a fun film, man. You guys will enjoy it. It's fun. Really interesting yeah, film. Um, I want to I want to go back to something you said about the shaved head. I'm bald, so you think <laughs> oh, I could nice. go to that guy that shaved your head and maybe can uh, get a career in modeling? Do you think I can do that? Oh, a hundred percent. Listen, if you have the head for it, listen. Not too many men or anyone in life actually has a great head for a bald head. But if you have a great head for a bald head, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, hold on, Rick. Let me get this guy's name again. Yeah, we'll you have see. to send me a picture of your 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 uh, selfie, man. D don't tempt me, man. You're gonna there's gonna be a restraining oh order. Oh my god, we're gonna get like ten selfies. Here's the top of, yeah. top of his head. Right. Here's me with my White Sox hoodie. This is mine with oh, my Michael that's... Jordan hoodie. You know, whatever. Right. Oh, I love it. And you guys are based out of Chicago, so that's I grew up a huge Michael Jordan fan. Yeah, you know, I was well, yeah, we're actually gonna ask you, you about that. Oh, I got a lot to tell you about it, too, so go ahead. No, well, shoot, uh, you're doing the NBA. Yeah, tell us about the uh, um, the NBA 2K20 uh, game that you're on and your love for Michael Jordan. We love we love talking about Michael. Well, okay, so I, I, you know, I started playing basketball at the age of eight, and then I quickly became, well, obviously during that time, Michael Jordan, well, Michael Jordan, still Michael Jordan, but... Michael Jordan was at, you know, the prime of his career. Um, 
actually, quite, actually, at that particular point, he hadn't even won his first championship yet. But I remember just hopping on board and becoming what I thought was the biggest Michael Jordan fan. So my sophomore year, I went to I wanted to I wanted the tattoo on my arm, the wow. Jumpman sign. And I was 14. And I remember I went to my buddy's house, and his brother was a few years older than us. He just got a tattoo. He was like 16 or something. And I said, um, I mean, everyone who was a huge Michael Jordan fan, this is actually my first year of tr- trying out for high school basketball. I, I so I was going into my sophomore year, and basically I went to the guy's house that did the tattoo, and I had the you know I actually let me let me back up. I drew the tattoo of it on my arm to try to make it look like a tattoo to test my mom to see what she would say. <laughs> and I got home and she goes, that's not real. And she like licked her finger and wiped it off. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I literally called my friend the next day. We skipped school and I went to the guy's basement and he tattooed the Jumpman sign uh, on my left shoulder. It's still <laughs> there? You still have it? No, I, I actually, I had it lasered off finally okay. when I was 33. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I had that thing on my arm for God, man, 19, you know, how many, how many years is that? 19 years. Did you see the so, last dance? The, uh, the, yes. the wasn't that yes. incredible? I, 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 I cried. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I was yeah, in it very wife, briefly. Uh, I was in episode seven. I was in the oh, Chicago really? media for, for many years and, and there's a press conference right. scene and I'm, I'm in it briefly. You can see my, my head, <laughs> but that's, oh. that, yeah. Just a great memories for us because we lived through it all here in Chicago. No, hundred percent, man. I'm gonna go back and, and I'm gonna freeze frame that. I'm gonna take a screenshot and send it to you. Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's incredible. Uh, no, it was an unbelievable documentary, man. Like I honestly, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, yeah, and his head, is, Rick's head, isn't nearly as nice as my head. No, okay, I'm gonna tell I, you that I'm right the one now. that that has hair. That's how you can yeah. tell that it's me. <laughs> well, then, Dick, why don't, why don't you share some hair with him, man? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of kind of kind of greedy about the hair thing. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Right. Yeah. I understand. It right. makes sense. You know, let, sure you, you, would, t- I, you know, talk. We should talk a little bit about your uh, your other credits because there are many. Um, and if people are, you know, they want to find out more about you and, 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 and learn about some of your best roles, what would be the ones that you're proudest of that you send people to to, to see uh, you in, in previous things that you've done? Well, I've actually, you know, it's weird because, well, OK, so I have what I what I'm most proud of. Actually, I'm, I'm really proud of break even. Um, now, the character, more or less, is is kind of within the world of who I am as a person to a certain degree. I mean, he's a little bit more uh, spastic, a little bit more crazier than I am on a person, personal level. But I am kind of that guy. Uh, but I'm really proud of Dash and Breakeven. But I would say I have a series out now um, on Popstar TV called Purgatory. Uh, season one is out now. We have to actually head back once everything gets, kind of gets back to somewhat normal. And we shot in Armenia. We actually had a, sh- a shutdown shop at the end of March to come back to LA, but we were in the midst of shooting back to back seasons for the first one and two seasons. But I play a character of Bobby. He's, um, he's not the nicest guy. He's, uh, he's the next con murderer, but basically (laughs) I, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, but he's got his good points too, right? I'm very proud of this guy. No, no, I, I got a chance to actually, um, dig into like that world. They gave me an option when I was, um, got offered a series uh between sort of like the small brat daddy takes care of you character and or and or this ex-con murderer killer and i said i absolutely want the ex-con murderer killer 
please. I don't want the other role. I've done that before. So they let me like really mess mess with this character. They let me play as much as I wanted to. And I think the response from it's been wonderful. I'm really happy that because that was it's, it's kind of terrifying when you play a role like that and people, you know, you have an audience for it that's watching and then they start to like, you know, you don't never know how it's going to be judged because I do right. some really awful things in it. So um, I, from an actor standpoint, I'm really proud of that character. Um, it sounds like fun. It sounds like it'd be fun to be fun. the bad guy. Well, it's a cool show. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, you can play with it a lot more, man. I got to, they let me have full range and I'm very grateful for that because they actually let me like let loose and there wasn't any restrictions to a certain degree. I mean, I was doing some really crazy stuff. So, and I'm just that person on set anyway. Uh, I don't like to live, uh, I like to live as free as possible as an actor. So I, I try not to judge it too much. So I just kind of just do. And most of the time they let me do. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But I think as far as like that end, I'm really proud of what I was able to do with, with Bobby. Um, I have a movie called Being Rose that I played opposite the Civil Shepherd and James Brolin nice. and Pam Greer. And I get to play Sybil. I'm Sybil's son, and he's kind of like um, her, he, you know, son who's kind of like, uh, you know, has an addiction, had a heroin addiction, kind of recovering sort of, and hasn't seen his mom in 10 years since his dad passed away. The dad wouldn't let him see him when he was dying because he was a heroin addict. And it's a very, it's a sad film, uh, actually. And Sybil is, is, is kind of, she's an ex ex cop who has wants to say see your son and also say i don't want to give too much away because if people haven't seen it but it's been out for about a year now but uh she's dying of an illness and wants to see her son for the last time and she's on this road trip but she's on a road trip in a wheelchair across the country in an electric wheelchair it's a very interesting film wow and um yeah i mean i got to kind of tap into that dark end of a character too and um, amy davidson really great actress she's in it from eight simple roles from back in the day she plays my wife did you at That's any cool. point talk to Sybil about Elvis? Oh, I've talked to yes. And Sybil's <laughs> actually became a very good, a good, very good friend of mine. I, actually, Sybil was actually going to come over the other night. We had a little screening at my house. Yeah, I know we're not supposed to, but I we had people over the house to check out Break Even when it uh, premiered. Sybil was going to come. Um, she doesn't live too far from me, but she uh, it's the whole COVID thing, and I and I understand. But she's very supportive. But yeah, I talked to her about. A lot of stuff, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, so I would, I, I would love, to, I would love to hear that Elvis story because you know I've, I, I've seen her, <laughs> I've seen her talk about it, and and yeah. you know when she publicly talks about it, she gets to a point where, and that's the rest of the, that's the end of the story. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I've heard the end of the story, so I know it. But uh-huh. like, I, I don't know if I can say it. I was, I, you know, let's just say this: I'm sure she had fun. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> no, she's not one to hold back either. She kind of just says, has, says how she feels. I love um, it. But I, you know, it's interesting. Growing up, I definitely never, you know, I grew up in the time where moonlighting, but I also was very yeah. young. But my parents used to watch it, so it's very weird and very all, you know, intriguing. The fact that I got a chance to actually be in a movie with her and then also play her son, it's very. Um, surreal i would say I, it's it's interesting i still to this point I'm like and i got to work with james brolin with my mom was like oh my god james brolin yeah my mom um, would have been um, excited i loved him, I loved him. <laughs> he's all he was actually awesome he's another he's very awesome. good looking man yes he is and he still looks great he's yeah, like yeah. he's up there and he still looks great you he's th- got all of these he's, he's all there too he's, he's actually great 
There, there was another movie you did where uh, you worked with people like uh, Cloris Leachman and. Oh uh, yeah! Oh my God! How did I, I just forgot to tell you about that? <laughs> I mean, she uh, she must have been a trip. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. So, Mark David, who is the director, is actually one of my really close friends. Now we've done a handful of films. We have a movie coming out in the new year that I can tell you about quick, quickly after I tell you about American Cowslip. Okay. Basically, um, so. I got a movie. Yeah, it's called American Cowslip. It's a very interesting, um, edgy dark comedy, kind of like drug inflicted dark comedy with this crazy cast. It's got a crazy legendary cast. So I, I got cast in it, and I play opposite the Val Kilmer, and Bruce Stern, Cloris Leachman, Lynn Shay, Diane Ladd, um, Blake Clark. It was like the crazy. But it was Peter Falk's last film. Actually, he passed away after that. Peter Falk, um, wow. Yeah. So I was the second youngest in the cast at the time. I think I was like 27. And uh, an actor by the name of Boo Boo Stewart, I think it was in the Twilight Saga series, he was like 14 or something. I remember he was a kid. And he was like the second – he was the first youngest. I was the second youngest. And then it was just like – 60 after that. <laughs> well, there's a, the, lead, the lead actual lead actor who's – I've done a few films with. He's a, he's a, a good friend of ours. His name is Ronnie, Ronnie Blevins. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was the lead. But then it was like the rest of the cast was just – it was all like – oh, and also Rip Torn. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So you're talking about – man, I when I got to set, that was my first time working with – I mean, I'd work with bigger actors, but not like where I had, you know, significant role. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, but that actually started a, um, a lifelong friendship with the director. And, you know, it's crazy because when he had met me, he initially was kind of offered, I'll get you, my manager at the time was uh, Val Kilmer's publicist. It's a very interesting scenario, but basically the director said, hey, he said, listen, I'll get you Val. I'll get the script to Val because they called my the publicist about Val. And he goes, I'll get the script to Val if you put my client in your film. And that's how it worked out. Oh, and he okay. Said, well, he goes, well, I'll give him a line in the movie. And he goes, isn't he a male model? Just bring back the male model part. <laughs> and, and my manager goes, yeah, but, he's, but he can act. And he goes, I don't know, man. He looks like a male model. So <laughs> He's too pretty. He's, I, well, and it's funny. I had a, I had a shaved head. I had a shaved head during this process. And, uh, yes. Yes, the shaved head. That's what I'm talking about. I brought about. back the bald look, man. Got me the part. But anyway, he ended up meeting with me. And he goes, oh, he, he actually can. He has a personality. I go, exactly. See, I'm not just a male model. So basically, they gave me a part. And he gave me, like, from one line, ended up 50 lines. And then he wrote me into the film. And I had a significant part in the film. And he said, one day, I'm going to make you a lead in my movies. And he did. People and that, and that movie hard. is called American Cowslip. 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 That's what I but thought. Then, yeah. yeah. And we've done a lot of films since when I had a really good movie. Uh, Texas Heart came out a few years back. They did really well. Won a bunch of awards. Yeah, Johnny Sweet Revenge. And now we have our movie coming out in the new year called um, – I don't know if I can say the bad word on. It's a really. It's Starfucker. Uh, it's Starfucker. Yes, okay, I let you say it first. I let you say it first. <laughs> yes, we asked you in the midst of possibly changing the name, the distributor. We're we're seeing how it's going to fit with the territories, but it's a crazy dark comedy, twisted dark comedy about Hollywood and this guy Jimmy Starr, who basically is in the going through his transition in Hollywood and trying to make it to the top. He's, he's willing, he's not willing to stop at anything to make it happen. So it's a very, um, modern day, but also 
brings back a lot of elements of what Hollywood really is through the years. It just it kind of just shows you what people hold off to not show you on TV or in films about Hollywood. Yeah. But we did it in a twisted dark comedy way with some elements in the industrial redemption period because he's a piece of crap who basically <laughs> will use people. Another bad guy. That, well, the, the funny part is Mark's like, offered it to me for a few years and I said Mark I'm not playing that role dude I'll never work again and he goes but Eric you are him I go what the, what the hell is that wow <laughs> and I go is that a compliment so I, I would say this I would say I'm very proud of what we've done with the movie um, I'm excited for people to see it for four years because we started making and then we shelved it because of me too there was a whole bunch of reasons why and now it's finally going to come out but um I'm very proud of that role. Uh, we took a risk for sure. Like I definitely didn't hold back and neither did anybody else. So I hopefully people enjoy it and they don't think I'm quite like Jimmy Starr, but there's definitely <laughs> elements of Eric Fellows in it. You just admitted you were. <laughs> well, listen, I got to say what I got to say, man, to make this movie sell. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so and if it's your And if it's your last movie of your career, well, hey, you had a good yeah, run, you Eric, went right? Out, you went out big. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, if you never talk or see me again, at least you know you had this moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, are these movies that you're talking about, are they all out there and the streaming services and people want to Well, Star, every other movie besides Starfucker, yeah, every other movie right now. Um, I just finished a movie called Divorce Bait that's uh, a really raunchy, uh, dark um, romantic comedy that's actually going to be really funny, but that won't be out until next year. But, I, uh, yeah, everything else is out streaming on all the platforms um they could check them out uh most things are on amazon itunes or google play and then break evens mm -hmm. on vod everywhere on vod and all the streaming platforms uh and dvd so you could basically you pretty much can find it anywhere for break even and then um all the rest are on all the platforms so it's a pretty pretty easy access them. okay before we continue any further with minutia men celebrity interview let's take a quick break We'll be right back. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Adam, big weekend. Yeah, Boxing Day, traditionally celebrated the day after Christmas. The biggest bumper day of games. Looking forward to sitting in front of the television and watching a bunch of English Premier League matches. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, Steve and I, ask each other some unusual questions. Like, do you like buffets? And what would Howard rather be, rich or famous? It'll lead to some unusual answers. Things that make you go, hmm. Uh, back to you. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts to search for Radio Misfits. If that doesn't make you want to hear this, nothing will. <laughs> We are back with more Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Uh, well, hey, uh, we really appreciate you taking some time out. I know you're on the road right now heading somewhere uh, and, and took some time out to talk to us. And, we, and, and you know, us, us really good-looking guys need to stick together. <laughs> you know what, man? Hey, listen, I want some selfies, guys. I want to see, see these hairlines right now. Right. No, Honey, awesome what are you doing? Selfies, Why are you guys? doing this? Some Hollywood actor wants selfies of me. I think this is my big break, honey. <laughs> Buddy, listen, you never know. You never know that one moment that could change everything. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, hey, have... before we hit 60, it, it might be time for that to happen. <laughs> There's a new hey, phase uh... out there, man. A new phase for age groups that right. change. So you never 
never, it's never but, over. It's never over. Uh, thanks for well, being on hey, the show, hey, Eric. Hey, one one quick thing, Eric. Right, we ahead, uh, w- um, we're we're book publishers, and we just published a book called Signature Shoes about, okay. and it has a lot to do with basketball. Stay on the line. We'll get your address, and we will send you that the book. Oh I think man, that'll be it. dude. Yeah, I love you'll that. Lo- you'll love it because it's all about uh, basketball dude, and and shoes. Dude, I would and, love that. Thank you guys. That's awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on yeah, the no show, problem. Eric. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's the intriguing story of the only V12 Corvette ever made, plus some cars you may have forgotten about. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. A real-life Big Lebowski. Change my diaper, please. Tips for young dads. Mayor chooses a colonoscopy over a council meeting. Rick's brush with an Elvis impersonator. And twas the night before parents' Christmas. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. <laughs>